podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Media Matters. Um, we're, we're in a, that's it, here's our content now on Arthur Mello. We, we got going finally after some uh, technical issues yesterday. We finally, finally got our contributor that we wanted. Uh, he's from Forbes, Mr. Adam Digby. Adam, welcome back to AI Pro. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for sticking it out and waiting for me to manage to get some Wi-Fi working so that I could uh, join you today. No, I think this show is going to be really interesting because, you know, you're passionate about Juventus and uh, uh, we know this and this is going to be, uh, I think this is going to be an eye opener for listeners. I hope so anyway, especially for the conversation we had just before we joined, uh, you know, we started, we pressed the record button. So as, as we've already let everybody know, this is all about Arthur. So when he turned up at Juve, it was a pretty con- controversial transfer, Adam. Firstly, let's start right at the beginning. Um, this transfer is being, still being investigated, I believe. So what were your thoughts on the whole of that situation when it happened? Okay, so if you, if you take out the figures, it, it doesn't seem too bad. Juve gave up a 30-year-old Miralem Pjanic for an early 20s, Artumelo, who'd impressed at Barcelona but had some injury problems, um, and they gave Barcelona 15 million. The, the problem comes when Juve and Barca, through their accounting, put that Artumelo is valued in that deal at 75 million and Pjanic is valued at 60, because clearly that's just a figures put on both players to inflate their value so that both clubs have more, essentially, as a business, have more expensive assets, um, which is is crazy, especially in a time where um, club finances, that figure is still hanging over Artur. He's a 75 million euro player. And he, with the best will in the world, as good as I think he potentially might be, he isn't. Merlin Pjanic... Has, has played a handful of games at Barcelona and is seemingly on his way to Dubai after a, a spell in Turkey. A 60 million euro midfielder in his 30s, really? You know, it's it's just one of those things that Italian clubs have, have been doing for a long, long time at lesser values. Um, a practice described as plus Valenza in Italy, added value. Um, and it, it really is just overinflating prices in what's essentially a swap deal with very little money involved because 15 million is is not that much for a a, a top five league club playing in the Champions League regularly, is it? You know, giving one midfielder for another and paying 15 million is is a, probably a transfer you wouldn't give a second glance to at, at, at most of these clubs, right? 
absolutely you don't i mean it's crazy crazy 60 million you just went through that there my my head was pinging at 60 million euros for a 30 year old yeah just who pays that like how do you get away how do you even think that you can get away with it <laughs> like like it's, it's not realistic and that's why it's it's being investigated isn't it yeah i mean what was his value to you uh if you were selling pennies at the time half of that 30 million maybe maybe yeah yeah, maybe. You've paid, about, well 30, for you guys, you've paid about 32 million for him, but they'd spent three years trying to, um, I guess, like a, a a bad mechanic in a body shop. They were trying to hammer him into uh, being a regista, which is something he certainly wasn't. If you go back and look at him, uh, his early Roma days, he was a, a fantastic uh, attacking midfielder, great around the edge of the box, a good shot. Obviously, we know deadly at set pieces, whether it's corners or free kicks. Um, but a really progressive forward-thinking player who got shoved into this role in front of the defence by Max Allegri and then kept there by Maurizio Sarri because he didn't have any better options. So he was being misused and miscast. Um, but yeah, he was going into his 30s. He was playing OK. Certainly wasn't a, a Maurizio Sarri register, which was part of the big problem for Maurizio Sarri. But... He's a good midfielder, a serviceable player, but 60 million, no chance, you know. Like you say, half that, and you're still thinking, you've have done all right there if they sold him for 30 million in his 30s. But then on the other on the other side, you get Arthur. Mm -hmm. So at the time, were you excited? Um, yeah, I was actually. I think <laughs> the, the one thing I would say um, is I would say, what a shame he didn't come a year earlier. Because as I just alluded to there, Maurizio Sarri was the coach the year before he arrived in 1920. And, mm. and you can even now you can think of, of Artur playing that um Jorginho role in a Maurizio Sarri team and think it would have just been a perfect fit. Uh, Andrea Pilo tried to play in a different way that didn't really suit Artur, but just to just to stick in that moment, that my initial, my very first thought was. Oh, it's a year too late, he would have been perfect for Sarri. But I was still really excited about what a, a, a ball-playing uh, Brazilian regista could be in a in a in a, any Serie A team because we know the pace is a little bit slower in Serie A. As much as you might want to play up-tempo with Andrea Pirlo, it's still slower than it would be elsewhere. And you would imagine it would perfectly suit one of those Spanish-style Barcelona-bred um, tippy tappy midfielders, wouldn't you? You know, it's 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 what you've been trying to make Pjanic into and failing. So it it was it filled a need for Juve and looked like being an upgrade on the player that they'd had in that position in previous seasons. Amazing. So let's let's do this. What happened? What um, happened? He he played a season with Andrea Pirlo with a very disgruntled. Cristiano Ronaldo, which is, is kind of said in hindsight, but for him to leave two days into the following season, he, he can't have exactly been happy all year, can he? And we look at the way that he's performed at Manchester United and the way that he's demanded a move away from there that hasn't materialised. I don't think being a teammate of Cristiano Ronaldo has been great fun for anybody over the last two years. Um, and I think when, you, when you're a young player coming to a new culture... You speak the same language as Ronaldo, obviously. He's Brazilian. He speaks Portuguese. Ronaldo would speak Spanish too. You would 
hope that you could find some sort of connection there. You're the guy in midfield going to be pulling the strings. Ronaldo's the guy up front responsible for scoring all of the goals. You would hope that there'd be some kind of chemistry there. But there really wasn't with anybody. I think the team chopped and changed a lot. Um, Artur struggled to adapt a little bit to Italy in the early going. Um, he was part of a group of Juve players who quite irresponsibly had a a party at the height of the coronavirus pandemic, which was really serious in Italy. Um, obviously, it was really serious everywhere, but I think Italy was, outside of China, was probably the epicentre of the whole thing, wasn't it? Um, and him, Weston McKennie and Paolo Dybala, who was vice-captain of the club, really should have known better, um, threw a party with their significant others and a couple of close relatives as well. And they both got dropped from the team for a length of time as a result of that. Um, they both, they, all three of them suffered with COVID at various times last season. So they they weren't, uh, the season before, sorry, so they weren't careful. And that is hardly the best way to start life at a, uh, a very, very traditional institution like Juventus, where you do everything by the book and you never make waves. It's even worse um, so I think he struggled immediately because of that. And then the rest of the team just wasn't clicking, wasn't cohesive. Andrea Pilo, obviously, the first job he'd had as a coach was being the Juventus coach. I believe he was the, the um, third team coach at Juve for about 48 hours and then it changed and he was the head coach suddenly. So yeah. the, the planning that went into last season was uh, two seasons ago was hardly ideal for a new player. And when you're a player who's going to be looking to touch the ball a hundred times a game and keep things ticking over in midfield. And you need that continuity. You need that um, cohesion and clarity. You're really going to struggle. And I think obviously, as I said, some of that was self-inflicted. He had a little bit of injury problems, but that first season to me really boiled down to just a complete lack of any form of identity or plan throughout the whole club. And then some irresponsible mistakes by Artur, among other players. Um, yeah. And, irresponsible and, mistakes on the pitch or off? Uh, both. He made a couple of high-profile errors on the pitch as well, including an a, a awful pass across his own box for uh, against Benevento that led to a Benevento win at Juventus Stadium, which, as you can imagine, went down remarkably badly in, in Italy. Um, but then... Uh, what I would add to that as an instant caveat is Rodrigo Bentancur did exactly the same thing against Porto not too long after, and he's gone to Tottenham and thrived. So then that's a theme that I'll come back to a number of times in this podcast is Bentancur thriving because Arturo, for all his struggles, there's clearly a very, very talented player in there. And that first season, I, I can't blame him when the entire team, including a global megastar like Cristiano Ronaldo struggled to live up to the their usual levels. You can't just turn around and pin that on a young kid who's come from who's come from Spain via Brazil. And do you think then that that kind of sets the tone then for the rest of his time at Juve? Because the start's so bad, it's hard to recover. And does yeah. he have any support there? And uh, you know, is there you know, are there any other fellow nationals? You know, maybe you know you talked about. Ronaldo, but was there anybody else that could have maybe made him feel like home or made obviously, him feel like home? Obviously, there's Alexandro, the left back, um, mm. and Danilo, but Alexandro really struggled in that first season as well, um, and last season on top. So I, I think 
that's probably been a little bit of a struggle for him. I mean, you just, to jump ahead a little bit, you look at the arrival of um, Leandro Paredes earlier this week um, and he's got the red carpet rolled out for him. He's in the stands in a game before he's actually signed for the club. He's pictured in the dressing room with Angel Di Maria, who was his former teammate at PSG, and Paul Pogba, who knows him very well. Paredes has played in Serie A before. Uh, Juve have added Bremer, the Brazilian defender, in the summer since as well. Um, and there's just so much more um, of a healthy environment for Paredes that he's getting a chance that Artur really never had. Um, so if Paredes fails, I would say immediately that's 100% down to him because he's getting every opportunity and every advantage that that certainly wasn't there for, for Artur Melo two years ago. It's, it's talking cheese. So let's go to your tweet. Let's talk about, you, you tweeted something, um, I think it was when yesterday morning, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, good enough for Klopp. But not Allegri. So yeah. what are we what were you trying to say there? What what I'm getting at there without having the whole debate over again on Twitter because it's tired and you do it every day, <laughs> um, is the, the amount of players who've left Juventus after being allegedly not good enough or struggling or not fitting in or they don't suit the style of play or all these excuses that are trotted out for players. Um, under Max Allegri in his first tenure um, and and since, who go on to other clubs and absolutely thrive. Not just look okay, not do okay, but absolutely shine. Um, you look at Jao Cancelo, who wasn't the type of fullback that Juventus were looking for, we were told. Um, and I like Danilo. I think Danilo is a very good, very functional defender. Jao Cancelo is a very special player, isn't he? You know what I mean? I'm, not that I'm expecting you to admit that he's the best right back in the Premier League when you when you have Trent in your own team. Well, he know, probably is right now with the way you, Trent's playing. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know he's he's right in that conversation, isn't he? If he's not yeah. the best, he's one B. Um, yeah. So you give that up to get Danilo because he's not a good enough defender. It just seems ludicrous. You look at the two players at Tottenham, Benton Kerr and Kulusevski. Kulusevski was great at. Um, Palmer came to Juve, really struggled, couldn't cut it, didn't like the style of play, the team, all of that. Goes to London, plays for Conte, who plays the most Italian of Italian styles of football. That dour, almost five at the back. Um, get it to the strikers and hope that they can do something kind of play that that has blighted Italian football for, for so long now and sees them struggling in so many ways. Kulusevski is reborn there, he's brilliant. Rodrigo Bentancur giving away cheap balls like uh, Artemelo two years ago and, and certainly never kicked on from the early promise he showed after arriving from Boca Juniors. is every inch a, a, a good quality starting midfielder in the Premier League for a club with Champions League ambitions, isn't he? You know, and, and the list just goes on and on and on. And yes, Artur has probably struggled as much, if not more than all of those, but that's a pattern, you know, it's not just a one-off, it's not one player, it's not one position. It's Christian Romero was signed by Juve from Genoa, sent to Atalanta, never given a chance at Juve. They gave Atalanta a buyout clause 
which they immediately triggered and then turned around and sold him for a massive profit to Tottenham again. You know, there's just so many players who've been at Juve, struggled, we're told they're not good enough, they're moved on, and and they look like extremely useful players who came to Juve on a, a really good price and a really good deal and were just shipped out for relatively low fees. And in the same summer where you've you've given up on Matthias Delict for basically the same money you paid for him um, three years ago, you know full well that Delict is going to shine at Bayern and he's probably going to win the Champions League and he's going to go on to be the best defender of his generation. And it's like three disappointing seasons at Juve and he's fed up with the style of play. And it's like, well, I don't blame him because I am as well. You know, and that that pattern just keeps on repeating. You know I was expecting a scathing pod about Arthur and how bad he is, you know. I'm so, like, completely, this is just blown me away. Like, <laughs> I, I, the thing is, I just, I can't do it because as I tweeted in a follow-up to somebody who replied to that tweet, I have absolutely no, I, I watch Juve every week. As a Juve fan, as a, a I, I hate to use the word journalist because I write about football for a living. I think a journalist is like, the guys who travel to war zones and report on really serious stuff. I, I write about football, but as somebody who covers Juventus for a living, I watch that team week in and week out. And I can hand on heart genuinely say, I have no idea if Arthur Mello is a good midfielder or not, because the way that the team has been, the way that the coaching has been, the way that the entire club has been, there's absolutely no way of judging. Has he had some bad games? Yeah, of course he has. So did Cristiano Ronaldo. So has Dusan Vlavic since he arrived. So did Matthias De Ligt. So did Rodrigo Bentancur. So did Kulusevski. So did Jao Cancelo. All these players who've come to the club with great reputations. And, Dude, I'm so excited now. <laughs> you know, all those who've... Obviously, there's a couple of others. Like, there's Douglas... For everyone, there's, a, there's Douglas Costa, who came from Bayern for 40 yeah. million and was basically injured the entire time he was here. And Juve paid him to go and play for Santos. But there's all those players and it's much more than just a pattern. You know, you look at Maurizio Sarri's left Juve and he's gone to to Lazio and he's got them humming already. And you just think all these people, coaches, players, Igor Tudor was the assistant coach at Juve. He's left and he's doing really well. There's all these people who've left Juve and who've done really, really well. And for me, I know you can point to one or two players um, that Liverpool have signed in the Klopp era where you think, yeah, he made a mistake there or somebody made a mistake there. But they're rare, right? There's so many players where it's a player you don't know, a player you you, you don't think he's going to be great. Suddenly, they, they, they go to Liverpool and they become part of that machine that Klopp has built there. And every single player just goes on to a new level. And it absolutely wouldn't surprise me if Artur does the same because... That's just what Liverpool do right now, isn't it? You know, and and and, and you add to, you add to that all those players who've left Juve and gone and done it for far lesser coaches than Jurgen Klopp. And as much as yeah, I can sit here and someone can say, "Oh, you're that expert on Juve. You know what you're talking about. You think he's rubbish." Yeah, probably. If I summed up his time at Juve, his on-field production was rubbish. But Jurgen Klopp is a much better judge of a footballer than I am. And Jurgen Klopp is like, we need a midfielder. We miss out on such and such a target. He's gone to another club. Let's sign Artur Mello from Juve. And I know last day of the window, your options are limited and all those things. But 
let's be honest, Liverpool can go and sign pretty much anybody they want. Like if they that's really all, wanted, true, yeah. if, you know, if they really want, okay, okay, not anybody they wanted, but if you're saying a player who's not in the squad of a team, not in their plans, we can yeah. get him on loan for yeah. less than ten million. Yeah, that's that's a list of a hundred midfielders. Even yesterday on deadline day, it's a hundred. It's a it's it's probably twenty proven Premier League midfielders. It's probably another. 20 or 30 proven Bundesliga players that would be able to play the way that Klopp wants to play. It's probably another fistful of players at Champions League clubs who have that experience of playing at the highest level. It's a long list. And even yesterday with that list of of however many players, and yeah, okay, they're not brilliant. They're not world beaters. Yeah, they could have gone for Telemans for 20 million million if they wanted to. Exactly. There's there's such a list of players and Klopp chose Artemelo. Is Jurgen Klopp an idiot? No. Absolutely does his midfield not. does his midfield really work even if it's filled with Jordan Henderson and James Milner and Gigi Wijnaldum who are nowhere near as talented a footballer as, as Arta Mello clearly is? Yeah, every single week. That's why they keep winning the league. That's why they've won the Champions League and gone to a couple more finals. He knows what he's doing. And if you're on Twitter saying, oh, I'm glad he's gone, he's rubbish. It's like, so you're, you know more about football than Jurgen Klopp? No, like I would be, I'm, I'm not worried because Juve have done some great business. They've signed some good midfielders. I'm really happy with the state of Juve's midfield. But there's just this nagging voice at the back of my head that says, don't be surprised if Jurgen Klopp turns Artemelo into somebody who starts at the World Cup for Brazil in two months. And he looks like the player we were promised we were signing two years ago because that's just what Liverpool do really, isn't it? I mean... You didn't. I mean, I was going to ask you about his strengths and weaknesses, but you probably didn't see any of them. (laughs) (laughs) I saw plenty of his weaknesses. You know, if you put him in a team that doesn't work and with a language he doesn't speak and a disgruntled Cristiano Ronaldo, he's not very good. Okay. And if he coaches in his first season ever coaching, then he struggles. But like, how about then? Do you think obviously he's coming to a team where there's. I spoke to this with uh, Dom that I just spoke to. He's got four Brazilians, you know, um, mm-hmm. well, three and a, and a coach, you know, Tafael's here as well as a goalkeeping coach who's, who's with him on the national team too. He's played central uh, midfield with, with Fabinho as a double pivot for, for Brazil. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll know Firmino, he'll know Alisson very well because they would have shared lots of time with the Copper as well, you know. So he's coming in and also those are all, Actually, you know, not, I wouldn't say locker room leaders, but they're very important players mm-hmm. at Liverpool, very successful players at Liverpool. So they're like, you know, you gave an example of Danilo and the other guy who who not having good, who weren't having a good time. So if there was any negativity breeding in their, uh, you know, in their mindset or something, it, it could pass on to yeah. to to, to um, Arta. And but here, they're all very settled. They have yeah. a very good group of people. Like the teams, they, they do have a mix of Portuguese speakers and like, as in they have a group, but they don't just sit together. They, mm-hmm. they mix with everybody. Yeah, the whole think- squad has been built to, to rely on each other and have fun and, you know, have nicknames for each other and, and, and have a laugh. Yeah, And I think, you know, these, and also Tiago's here too, yeah. who's obviously Brazilian heritage, you yeah. know, his, his parents. Uh, Born so, in Italy as well. Yeah, exactly. So you there's know, so, it's lots not just, of things at this club yeah. that could go in this guy's favour. 
there's there's the there's the whole everybody who so you said there's a, there's the three Brazilian players and a Brazilian coach. Then you can add in everybody who speaks Portuguese because you have a couple of Portuguese players, right? Yeah. Then he played at Barcelona, so he speaks Spanish. So there's everybody who speaks Spanish. Then he's played in Italy, he speaks Italian. So you know the list. You just keep adding and adding and adding to the list, and the the leaders at Liverpool, he'll be able to get more Salah played in Italy, you know, he speaks Italian, he played for Fiorentina, he played for Roma. There's all these players, all all these threads that pull together. If he doesn't succeed at Liverpool, it's because he's not very good. It's not going to be because of any external factor. And it, you can't deny the fact that all those external factors contributed to his struggles at Juve. And if you want to say, okay, he had some injury problems and his form on the pitch it himself wasn't great, yeah, I agree. But how much of that is down to the outside factors and the outside circumstances that just don't exist at Liverpool, you know? Outside of, oh, it rains quite a lot in the northwest of England. Like, his, his everything else that he might want to go in his favour, the people who speak his language, the people who he's been teammates with before, he's played games with before, international teammates, one of the Brazil coaches... Is right there with Taffarel on the bench. You know, it's it's all set up for him to succeed. So if he doesn't, he only really has himself to blame. And if you're him after two years of a, a bit of a nightmare at Juve, and the World Cup is basically two months away, you don't have to impress for very long. And Liverpool have got all these injuries in midfield, which is why they've gone for him. If he can hit the ground running and have some good games before those guys come back, he's putting himself fully in contention to be part of that Brazil team at the World Cup. And if they go there and they do well and and he's a part of that, he can come back in great form and, and kick on to a, a whole new level after the World Cup as well. You know, it's not like he's not going to be tired. He's barely been playing for you, but he's not played a single minute this season. So he's not going to be one of the players who's a long season straight into a World Cup than the rest of another long season. He's, he's as well-rested as any international footballer could ever hope to be right now. So he's got every possible advantage to succeed at Liverpool. It, it just the question in the air then has to be, is he the guy who we were promised he was going to be when he left Barcelona? Or is the guy who failed at Juve, is that just who he is? You know, And I think we're definitely going to find out because Liverpool, there's not a very long list of players who've struggled under Klopp at Liverpool who've gone on to be successful elsewhere, is there? You yeah, know, exactly. so it, 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 I, I can't say for sure if it's him or us right now, but you'll know, I would say you would get a definite answer by the time his time at Liverpool comes to an end. Mate, it's it's all music to my ears, to be honest, because it leaves it on the player, really. And then yeah. if, the, if, the, if the atmosphere and you give them the building blocks to go and do what they do and they're comfortable, then you're going to get the best out of them. And I think that's the Klopp motto, getting yeah. the best out of them. And so with that, why? I mean, I've got your thoughts. This is a really good place for him to be. What about the value then? So there's, you know, we find out that there's a there's an optional buy clause. Mm-hmm. So thirty seven and a half million euros. Um, if you know the club, obviously don't expect anything. They're not expecting him to go and be amazing, but because of what because of his time at Juve, obviously. But like you said, that might be short sighted from everybody because it just wasn't a clean. It wasn't a really great atmosphere there. It wasn't a great yeah. time to be there in terms of the, the changes. And uh, it, it was just your couple of seasons where you needed to rejig things, you know? So yeah. 
that's not good for anyone, even Ronaldo. No, no, like so, no, so if he's so, even so, Ronaldo, and that makes it interesting for me. It's quite funny that the two guests we've got on one's been talking about Messi because he's doing a book on Messi, and we're talking Ronaldo on this one. That's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> when we got an Arthur Miller podcast, Arthur Miller podcast. So, but with with him, I'm hopeful. I mean, the value. Let's talk value first. Do you think then, if he just say, I mean, we've got to say the only way thirty-seven and a half million euros is triggered is if Liverpool are happy with him. And that's a snip, right? Surely, if that's what we're getting him at, if he's a success this year. Yeah, I think it's one of those where, yeah, okay, from a Liverpool perspective, if he comes in and does really well, 33, 34 million euros for a starting midfielder is a, is a, a really good price to pay, isn't it? But from a Juve perspective, after what we said at the very top of the show about paying on paper, 75 million for him. His value on Juve's books at the end of next season with amortisation and all of that would be around 28 million. So not only are they going to get out from under that massive price, they're actually going to be able to book like a 10 million euro profit on it, which from where he is today is a a really good piece of business from Juve. So I think it's one of those where... It suits everyone. It it does. I think if, if... if Melo reignites his career and does brilliantly well at, at um, Liverpool and gets that move, it's great for him. It's great for Liverpool to to have a pre-agreed price on a player that, um, if he becomes what they want him to become, could be a really useful addition in their midfield because he is that progressive ball-playing midfielder that you kind of need when when teams pack in and you can't go and press and win the ball back and score quickly. You know, you need to be, which is exactly why they signed Thiago as well, right? You know, so you can so you can actually play through teams and not just need to let them onto you so that you can, you can press the problem is discipline. The, currently, the problem is discipline. We need someone who's going to take that left-sided midfield role and sit there with Fab whilst the right-sided midfielder is joining in with attack. That's yeah. how they're playing it, you know? Yeah. So Elliot or, you know, even Thiago can take that right-sided midfield role and just go and get involved with Trent and Mo, and because that's where the quality is, and switch that play over to Robbo or uh, Diaz on the left. That's where mm-hmm. the play is. And then, obviously, Nunes in the middle. So, yeah. Nunes in the middle. So, that, so, that's what we need. We need someone who's going to be willing to sit there with Fab, hold possession, be good in possession, yeah. not lose the ball. And it sounds like he ticks all of those boxes. Yeah, I mean, I I would I've described him earlier this week as like a caffeine-free diet Tiago because he's quite a similar player without the, the, the you, know, I love it. you know, without the kind of forward drive that Tiago yeah. has where he wants to get forward and play it. Artemelo is much more I, I don't want to say it, but you know, in that Andrea Pilo just sit there and watch it happen in front of you kind of mold. He doesn't have the the range of passing and the vision that Pilo had. Obviously, nobody does, you know, it's be comparing him to an all-time great, but that slower, keep the ball, make the right pass, that kind of player, that old-fashioned Regista-style player. And it, like you said before, he's played in a, a two-man midfield with Fabinho before, so if that's kind of skewed off to one side, it's not really a big change from a, a role he's played before with a player he's played that role with before. So that's a win-win, isn't it? And yeah. And if he can keep that ticking over, it's great. I think Liverpool have benefited massively from um, the Italian stock exchange rules. So he's gone on loan to um, Liverpool. And those press releases from Juve 
have to be sent out because of Juve being on the Italian stock exchange because they're a publicly traded company. So they have to give out that information. And having the opportunity to sell that asset at a profit looks good on Juve's share price. So they always try and get those in. There's the same with Zakaria, who a 3 million euro loan to Chelsea and a Mm. 30 million euro option on that deal as well. 30-30. So who's Um, the better player? Who would have suited us better, you think? I would say Zakaria, but I I think for whatever reason, he seemed to want to go to London and wanted to play for, for Tuchel. And I think he's played in Germany before. That style probably suits him a little bit better than the, the way that Liverpool are trying to kind of evolve into playing, aren't they? You yeah. know, and I, I think, and obviously the appeal of London over Liverpool as a city, with with all due respect, the, the way it's viewed on an international scale is completely different. Uh, but we asked for both. We tried for both. Then, I, I'm, I'm not sure if Liverpool did, but I, from what I understand, Zakaria wanted to, to go to, to London and specifically to Chelsea. That had been talked about for a couple of days. I don't think oh, it, right, wasn't, okay. it wasn't the same as at all where it just happened yesterday. That had been talked about before the weekend, Zakaria going to Chelsea. So I think that they already had that head start there. And for all intents and purposes, that was done. He was, I'm pretty sure he was in London before we even got the the first whiff of, of our tour to to Liverpool. Yeah, um, makes sense. Yeah. Right, and that just, so there just really wasn't even a realistic option for us. No, was already... it wasn't. It wasn't. He was already going to Chelsea. And I think one last thing on, on our tour before you want to finish off. Isn't it refreshing to have a transfer that we didn't know anything about until the player Mate, was on his way? Superb. No rumours, no nonsense. Like, oh, we want that guy on loan. Okay, we'll put him on a plane now. Cool, job done. Let's go. Normally like, when that happens, it turned out to be pretty good for us. Fabinho was the last one where it just happened for nowhere. It's a, it's a very, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but it's a very Bayern Munich, Germany-style transfer, isn't it? We yeah. want that guy. Oh, how much? This much? Okay, cool. Put him on a plane. We'll do it now. Sorted. I love it because it takes out days and days of rumours and nonsense and he's going to get paid how much and they're going to pay what and blah, blah, blah. And what was his oh, wage well. actually at uh, UVD? Um, I'm not sure, but I can find it very quickly. Because uh, that'll be interesting because we're, apparently we're paying uh, a lot of it, but not all of it was one of the rumours. But I don't know if that's true. I don't well, know what's true. They've paid a four and a half million euro fee for the loan, haven't they? Yeah. Um, so it was on... Five net and six and a half gross because of there's a there's a euros. weird euros yeah there's a weird tax law in Italy that means players who come from abroad you get benefit of this growth decree where they pay less of a percentage in tax so right. he was only paying only one point five five million euros tax um, on six and six point five five million euros a year wage so relatively cheap. Wow, he's only on 100, 108k. Yeah. Yeah, so 108k. That's 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 really good. That they, they yeah. would yeah, they jumped all over that. Yeah, I mean but that's not a Premier League that. club, that's nothing, right? Absolutely, so, mate. That is um for a quality player, if he turns out to be really good, that sounds like a very, very Liverpool signing. Yeah, it does. I, and it again, just sounds it, like a very Liverpool if it, if it works, it's great, isn't it? If it doesn't, it costs you four and a half million euros to find out and Jordan Henderson will be fit by Christmas anyway. You know, yeah. so you, you, you've covered yourself in the short term for a relatively modest fee. Yeah, and to be honest, mate, with a huge upside. And to be honest, mate, 
Jordan's playing left-sided at the moment or six mm-hmm. and, you know, right's where he wants to play. And as a left-sided midfielder, he's not very good. And he's, and he, and he, at the moment, he's not very press resistant either. Yeah. We really need someone like a Nabi, like a Tiago, like an Arta and that left side to shore it down. Because yeah. we look much better. We only got to go for a quad because we had a Tiago or a Nabi playing that role all season mm-hmm. last year. That, yeah. and, or a Curtis Jones who can keep the ball very well. So that's, yeah. that's, that's the thing. We need On, someone in there who can actually bloody keep the ball. It's, it's no point in our, mid, our midfield just goes to shit when yeah. it's not disciplined in, in positioning and can't keep the ball. Yeah. We, and, because and everything that, just falls apart. And that's exactly, that's exactly how I would describe Juve's midfield over the two years that Artur was there. It, it was shit. And yes, he was part of that, but he also never got to play as part of a midfield that functioned either, so we don't know. I mean, Adrian Rabio, you would say exactly the same about him um, over the last two seasons. But this season, with the midfield actually well-organised with an attack that makes sense, he already looks much better. And the, the, other, the other thing is, because of Man United pulling out of... Well, because of the Rabio deal to Man United collapsing, because... Rabio's mum wouldn't let him go play for Manchester United like he's some 10-year-old boy. Um, <laughs> it has opened up the opportunity for somebody else to leave Juventus. So that's oh, I'm so I'm so glad we got him over Rabio, to be honest. So yeah. Yeah, perfect. I mean he suits the way that that Liverpool play a lot more than than Rabio. If you want someone who can keep the ball, Rabio is either nine out of ten or he's like four out of ten. But yeah, Artur, I think. With players around him who work in a system that works, I just won't be surprised if he does so well, you know. And I, I, I know he's been really bad for Juve, and Juve fans are glad to see the back of him, absolutely. Especially because they paid a stupid fit. Well, they didn't pay, but on the on paper they paid a stupid fee for him. He came with such high expectations and was so disappointing. But there's so many reasons why that could have happened that we just have to wait and see. And and as I said before supposedly as a, a Juve expert, I have no idea what he is. So he, he could turn out to be rubbish. He could turn out to be a player who helps Brazil win the World Cup in two months' time. I just don't know because Juve have been that much of a mess over the last two years. It's going to be fun to find out. Uh, it certainly excited me a little bit because I feel like he's got everything going for him at this club, whereas yeah. he didn't have that at yours. Ab- absolutely. And, 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 and I think that fills me with a bit of... Oh, because I know what it's like. If you, I, I was um, um, an IT kind can't compare compare it to footballers, but you can you can shift around loads of companies and loads of teams, right? When you're moving to different teams, mm-hmm. and there's teams where you're not feel where you don't feel welcome, but then there's teams where you absolutely feel welcome and you are thriving immediately. Exactly, exactly. And, and it, one, it's a human thing, isn't it? Rather yeah, than a, it is. and sometimes we, we're guilty of forgetting that about footballers. They get paid all this money. We see them on TV. We see them at the stadiums. They're untouchable. And you forget, actually, they're just, uh, if you're Adrian Rabiot, you just have to still go home and do what your mummy says, you know? So, like, they're, they're real people at the end of the day. And those that stuff matters. And I think the other thing, the other thing I just want to say just quickly is, I would say for as bad as Artur has been over his two years at Juve, he was better than Ben Tanker, yeah, who, who well. now is a very useful Premier League midfielder and if you get a very useful Premier League midfielder for 37 million euros which is what 28 29 million pounds that's a good deal you know if he's if he's your fourth best midfielder by the end of the season you would pay that 
for, yeah. for that insurance 100%. of having a, a player who you know you can just drop in and play. Well, it's it's replacing Cater for me. If Cater's going to go on a free now, Naby, uh, at the end yeah. of the season because we didn't get, get to sell him, I think bringing Archer in and if he if he produces any kind of decent form and does well, it just makes sense for a cheap. It's a. It's a not an, a, an over expensive. We're paying 50, 60 million nowadays for a midfielder for his yeah. age. For you know the way he fits the squad, uh, they'll be happy. They got another friend in there. They'll be traveling together when they go to internationals. Do you get yeah. what I mean? All of it yeah. fits the guy. It's win-win for family. everybody if it it's works out, for, isn't it? Exactly. It's thirty million, thirty-five million yeah. pounds. That's yeah. a really good deal. So for me, that's actually a cheap way of you know that's a cheap way of replacing Naby. Yeah, it seems like we, get, we might have you get a free look at him before you pay it as well. So exactly. So it's, yeah, I I think it could be it could it could work out for everybody here. Yeah, you, definitely. I was dreading this show. I was, dreading, <laughs> I was like, Ads is gonna Adam's gonna absolutely nail uh, Arton. It's gonna really make it look bad. But I've come out of this even more, you know, yeah. perked you, up. You, that I you think just gonna do well. You know, you just can't. For me, you just can't judge anybody who's been at Juve for the past two years because it's been such a shit show that. Yeah. And then on top of that, all these players who've left who've done really well, you can't definitively say he's rubbish. You you just can't. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But I love it. Genuinely, I've no idea. It's a great way of um, of describing it and analysing it because the club's been in a different position. And, and and you know what? That's why we get guests like you on the show because you give us that kind of a different view. So thank you so much, Adam. Uh, really appreciate it. I think that's everything that I need. Is there any final words mm-hmm. on... Um, on um, Arthur that you want to say or have you covered everything? No, no. I, I, best of luck to him. You know, I wish him well. I think he was a player who never got a chance and I liked him when I went on the few occasions he did all right. I won't ever say he played particularly well outside of a couple of games, but he looked like he could be a very useful footballer and if, if he turns it on and, and does well for Liverpool I think that'll be great for him it's great for Juve because they get out of that massive fee that they paid and it, it'll be great for Liverpool and Liverpool fans as well so it's win-win for everybody isn't it so I wish him all the best it's it's a really interesting deal and someone definitely I'll be keeping an eye on this season because I want to know for me if it's actually any good or not. yeah makes sense it's, it's going to be a good learning experience for everybody. So where can the listeners find you, Adam? I, you can find my, me on, I have a Facebook page and I have obviously Twitter at ADZ77. Uh, you can find my work there. I wrote about Artur and his struggles uh, for that. Forbes earlier this week. So yeah, I didn't quite manage to jam the caffeine-free diet Tiago reference in there. No, 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 you should have. That would I should be great. Because I read that and I thought, oh God, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think from a Juve perspective, it's not. But I think from a Liverpool point of view, it's it's a whole different ball game, and, and you might just find what you're looking for, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for, um, you know, coming on and sharing your thoughts. I think this Always has been a pleasure. Amazing. Thank you. An eye-opening for me as well, and I'm, I'm sure the listeners too. Thank you, Adam. And for the rest of you, this is just the start. We've still got a lot more content coming and uh, we hope you're enjoying it. And we hope we build the excitement for a new player at Liverpool and a new midfielder that you all desperately wanted. And Naby stayed too. So hopefully he gets reintegrated integrated into the side. So lots of options, a stronger squad, exactly what we all wanted. Thank you for listening to uh, Media Matters. We'll be back very, very soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. 
and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.